What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome to episode one of two episodes, as I am so often fucking reminded. But my first episode is titled Episode Zero, and uh, I've been continuously hounded by everybody that I know on when is the second episode going to come out. Well, it's here. Episode one, which is now the second episode, is here. Um, let's just address the elephant in the room. It's been a day or two have gone by since I have, uh, recorded a podcast and I thought about just like glossing over it and just ignoring the fact that, you know, I didn't make one episode that I thought was pretty good for my first episode, first time ever doing it. And then just didn't touch it again. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm a busy, busy guy. I am a, uh, I'm a dad of two. I got two little girls. Uh, one of my girls is, uh, a bit of a handful in the best of ways. She requires a little extra attention and, uh, work. And that is my priority first and foremost, always are my kids and her, her therapies and stuff that she needs. Um, they both go to preschool. They are busy. We take them to the park when it's not 800 degrees here in Arizona. Um, you know, and then on top of that, I work. I, I do work, although my work is a very backseat priority uh, right now, but I still work. Uh, and then, you know, I keep keep the house up. I cook. I do the cleaning. My wife works nights, um, overnights in the emergency room. Um, so I'm kind of like the trophy husband and... Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I cook, I do the cleaning and get the girls ready for schools and do those sorts of things and takes up a lot of my day. And, uh, by the time I have time to sit down and record, uh, I usually like to chill. I like to listen to music or, or play games with my friends, uh, or spend time with my wife. So, uh, you know, it's just been hard to carve out what I felt like was time to do this that I wanted. I could have done it at any point. Um, Never, never say there isn't enough time. Time. I, I, I read this quote recently. I can't remember who said it. Time is infinite, right? There's always time. You're finite. Okay. You don't have forever. So it's just about what you want to carve time, you know, carve time out for. And if it's not a big enough of a priority, then that's fine. That's okay too. Um, that being said, why is, I'm getting an error. This is, this is what I get for doing this. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Just close it. I didn't want to fucking read that document that I'm reading off of anyways to make sure I don't ramble. That's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Um, additionally, uh, I did actually record this episode multiple times. I've probably recorded and edited this episode six times, seven times. Um, and I delete it. I I listen to it. I delete it. I don't like it. I do it over. I do completely different subject material. I do something different. I I keep it the same. It doesn't matter. I've just always, I'm, I'm extremely harsh critic of myself. And that has always been the way I, anything that's like a content creation and art, um, you know, whether it's YouTube videos I've done or Twitch streams I've done or any kind of artful media i'm just not wired to to be good at it and i'm extremely 
extremely hard on myself about it. Um, I, I just, everything I listen to, I'm like, God, it's fucking awful. But I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, I need to do something. I like having a media outlet. I like having a, a content creation outlet. Um, and I have to just, you know, put pen to paper, so to speak, and accept the fact that, you know, this is God willing. My second episode, please, I'm not going to listen to this fucking thing back. I'm just going to post it. I think that's probably the best way to go about doing it. This will be my second episode. And, you know, I, I, it's not going to be perfect. It, it takes a long time to perfect something, especially when you're doing it with a limited budget and a limited time frame. So I, I got to lower my own expectations and just be happy of doing something. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is, is I'm all... I'm just a really weird guy. I just don't know what I wanted to record about. Um, I'm into a lot of things. I have a lot of life experience. I'm really into cars and motorcycles. I'm a pilot. I'm into aviation. I've lived on a sailboat. I enjoy, you know, sailing and boating and scuba diving. I, I enjoy business and real estate. I enjoy you know, playing video games, watching anime, reading manga, being a dad, uh, obviously is something that I'm passionate about, especially, you know, when you have a child with special needs, um, you know, I'm a big advocate for, for groups that, you know, and for parents that have those kind of things in their lives. Um, and for people with those special needs, you know, I'm into Dungeons and Dragons. I'm into tabletop games and traveling and cooking and beer and, it's like, how do you make a cohesive podcast when you're into so much shit um, that touches on the things that I love, but it still builds like a, a consistent listening group? And, you know, like the sun coming up in the morning, it dawned on me. It's <laughs> a great dad joke. Um, you know, I don't have to. This podcast is for me. You know, this this podcast is for me. It's for me to ramble and rant and talk about the shit that I love. And to talk about, you know, whatever flavor of the month I'm into at that moment, um, whatever random thing that inspired me to want to make an episode, uh, maybe it's something I watched or, you know, I'm playing currently or just whatever or a request who, who knows what it might be. But if you stumble upon this words, if you stumble upon this podcast and you enjoy me. I hope you'll enjoy what I'm talking about, regardless of what it is. Um, I've learned that if I'm not into it, if it's not something I care to talk about, if I if I say, okay, I'm going to make a gaming podcast and every week or month or day, I'm going to talk video games. There's just days where I don't want to fucking talk about video games. And it's going to be obvious in my energy level when I'm talking about it. And I don't, so I just wanted something that I could talk about, whatever it's going to be. So you know, it, I, I, I think a really good example of this, what I'm trying to say is I'm a really big fan of New Heights podcast uh, with Jason and Travis Kelsey. Um, and if you're not a sports fan, go give it a listen anyways. It's obviously they're, they're NFL football players, their brothers. I'm sure probably most everybody at this point relatively around the sports world knows who the Kelsey brothers are because they played each other in the Super Bowl. But their energy that they have and the chemistry that they have as brothers, it shows. It shows in the YouTube videos. It's 
detectable through the audio in the podcast itself. And even when they're talking about shit I don't care about, or they're talking about sports concepts that are way over my head, I enjoy it. I can laugh when they laugh, and I even if I don't exactly get the joke, the energy is funny. And I feel like that's kind of what I want to go for. I want something that is entertaining, regardless of what I'm talking about, even if I'm talking about shit all over the place. Um, that's That's my plan. So... I promise this is still going to be predominantly video games, you know, dork stuff. It's still the dork depot. It's things that I'm a dork about, uh, but it'll be all over the place. It might be, you know, video games, movies, uh, then back to video games, maybe music I'm into or musicians or whatever. I don't know what it's going to be about each week. I'll try and make the clip title and description um, pretty obvious. So you kind of know what you're getting into before you click it. I ask that you give it a shot if it's maybe not something you're interested in. You know, if it's, you know, one week I'm talking about anime and you're like, I don't really watch anime. I don't care. Give it a listen. Maybe, you know, if nothing else, you listen for a few minutes and you say, nah, no, it's not for me. That's fine. Turn it off. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you're like, eh, you know, he's funny and I, I enjoy the way he's talking about things. Maybe it'll make you say, you know, maybe I want to watch that anime. Maybe that's the anime that I could try to get into. It sounds really cool, and I could get into that. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're like jonesing for more anime podcasts. So I can't promise you recording frequency. I'm not going to get into that trap. Uh, I think I said like once a week, maybe twice was my original. <laughs> once once a a fiscal year. I'm going to do an episode um, once a month. Once a month, I think, is realistic for me in terms of energy, time, priority. Once a month. If I do more than that, it's a bonus, but don't plan on it. Once a month. Okay? This is August. Let's see. Uh, next one will be September then. And I'm on vacation in September. So, there's that. Um, the other thing is, it's still going to be me. It's still going to be Matt Gota Sirachi, 100%, raw, unfiltered, unapologetic. All the traits about me you love and or hate. If you're thin-skinned, if you're easily triggered, if you're easily offended, this isn't the podcast for you. Um, I'm not going out of my way to offend people, but just the stuff I say can be offensive. Um, everything I say is from a place of love, but... I don't mind my P's and Q's, and I think, you know, ultimately, everything is funny. Everything is funny. Uh, there's no such thing as an offensive joke to me. I've ne I have never heard a joke where I was like, damn, that's upset me. You know, there's bad jokes in terms of, like, comedically, the timing is, like, not done right, or the subject material is... It's low-hanging fruit. It's like the obvious joke. But short of that, which is just a bad joke, it's not a bad joke. You know what I mean? So I'm offensive. I curse. It's not, not a place for kids. Um, you know, ideally, I come from... I Look, I come from a place of... I may not like the way that you think or your beliefs. And I'll tell you that. I'll tell you, I think you're wrong. I think you're an idiot. Um, I'll tell you why I think you're wrong and you're an idiot. I'll tell you why I think I'm right and not an idiot. But at the end of that, 
even if I'm like yelling at you about how dumb you are, it doesn't change how I feel about you ever. Um, I firmly believe everybody has the right to believe in what they want to believe. And I will back you up on your belief. If it's not hurting anyone, 100% of the time. But in a perfect world, everybody would think like that. But, you know, we're not in a perfect world. But, you know, that's just what it is. Okay. Sentiments out of the way. That's everything I had written for for a script. I try not to go into these two scripted predominantly because I hate writing. Uh, Also, I do want to, um, before I go on, I do want to thank some people. I do want to thank some people. I want to thank a handful of people. I want to thank my my Discord friends and family that have constantly hounded me for this episode, who keep asking when I'm going to do it because they enjoyed the first one so much. And not just in, if it was garbage, they would have told me that's the kind of friends I have. So internet friends, I am Ferrico. Check them out at twitch.tv slash I am Ferrico. The hottest, the hottest Irish streamer you will ever lay your eyes on, for sure. Uh, so big thanks to I am Ferrico, to Skippy, to Kadogger, to Astrosi, to Crescent, to Dordan, to Iodon, to Godo. Um, that's my main, my main group of friends that uh, love me through thick and thin. That uh, will hear this. Everyone else sucks, by the way. I think I said Iodon. Um, that's it. So I just want to thank you guys for uh, believing in me. I'll never thank them again for anything else, though. All right. So on today's docket, um, we're talking video games today. I figured that would be a good one. And it's easy to talk about something when you're really passionate about it, like I was saying before. And I am really fucking passionate about Baldur's Gate 3 right now. Let me tell you. I know everyone else is. I'm playing through very slowly. I love this game. Now... We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to go into a list of things I fucking hate about this game and its fan base already, though. We're going to get there. Don't you worry. If you thought this was all thank yous and sunshine, not up in here. There's a lot of things that I'm annoyed with about this game and this community, and we will talk about it. But let us not detract from the fact that Larian Studios made a masterpiece of a video game. I am not that far in to the game. If you've played through the campaign, I have just gotten to the Underdark. Um, Spoilers for those that aren't far. (laughs) Spoilers for those that aren't far. Um, I just, we did the Grove, and now we just got into the Underdark. Uh, That's where we're at right now. I'm playing with three of those aforementioned friends, um, Crescent, Astrosi, and... Jordan and I'm loving it. I thought about doing a single player playthrough for my, for my first playthrough. And I actually decided against it. And I think it's a mistake to play a single player playthrough of this game for your first time. Uh, And the reason is this game is at its core Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. It just is. It's fifth edition D and D. I love 5th edition D&D. I know there's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of Pathfinder purists and 1E guys and three and a half, And there might even be some four guys out there that are still holding on to that. You know, I 
everybody has a flavor they like. I've played various ones. I've played Pathfinder. Um, I like Pathfinder. I can see why a lot of people don't play Pathfinder, though. I could see why it's a very hardcore group of D&D players that play Pathfinder, where 5e is very dumbed down. It also makes it very easy to get into. And as someone that has played in various campaigns and has ran my own, albeit briefly, I don't have tons of GM experience, but a little bit, the most fun moments in D&D are with friends. The most fun moments in Baldur's Gate 3 are with friends, period. Now, play with a group of friends that you guys agree on a play style going in. I think that's very important. And I think I think this is a problem that plagues Baldur's Gate 3 and D&D as a whole are the new players that are confused as to what character versus party is. Um, yes, D&D is your game to have fun in and to roleplay your character and to do the things your character would do. But that doesn't give you carpelage to just be a dick and make everything difficult for all the other people that are investing their time, Game Master included. Um, I think that gets lost a lot of times. And people don't talk about things in advance like, hey, okay, so let me let me back let me just take a step back. For D and D, for and I'm assuming if you're a video game player and you're playing Baldur's Gate and you've never played D and D, I really want you to listen to what I have to say because uh, I think it'll help you immensely. And if you're new into Dungeons and Dragons, I want you to listen to what I have to say because it's going to help you immensely. In D&D, a good game master, a good GM, or DM if you call them dungeon masters, whatever you want to call them, they run what's called a session zero, and sometimes even a session 0.5. That is a session where all the players get together and get all the bullshit figured out, okay? If your game did not start with a session zero and it's with new players, like new to you, you guys don't play together, it's probably going to end up in fucking disaster, okay? And if you've ever ran a campaign and where a player drops out and somebody else comes in and they don't have a clue what's going on, they don't know what the play style is, and then it's real fucking apparent that usually, you know, that person is on everyone's nerves or is, you know, hindering the party as a whole, it's because they weren't included in session zero. So if you have a big change like that, you need to run an intermission session. Make it a one shot if you want, where everybody can play a little bit of, you know, still roll some dice, but get the new player up to speed. Um, Bolter's Gate 3 needs a session zero for people that are going to play together. Get with your friends, whether it's just one friend and it's going to be two player characters and two NPCs, or if it's a four person party, figure out what the play style is. One, general alignment. You know, overall, are we going to be hopeful or hurtful as a party? We're a group. We're, we're, we're a party role playing this. Are we, you know, do the ends justify the means? Or are we holding on to our grasp of humanity through these trials? You know, 
two, are we stealing? Are, are we going to steal? Is that, you know, how far, you know, when we're talking about alignment, you know, pickpocketing a scroll and some gold. Okay, well, you know, maybe you have a character that wants to play more in that area. Um, you know, but that's not being murder hobos either. You're not just going into every town, killing every NPC that you find. Um, so make sure you kind of have those ground rules. Talk about how you're going to handle combat, how you guys want to, especially in Baldur's Gate 3, when there's dialogue, I've, you know, we've seen it. I've seen it. I've got friends that I play with where they run up. They know exactly what piece of dialogue they want to get to. They'll run past the entire party, get it, and then breeze through it the way they want. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, if I didn't know that's how we're playing, then I'm missing out on opportunities to do things where maybe, you know, typically for me and my group, the way we play, we try to do, we try to be really good about rotating. You know, okay, Astrosi is going to get this dialogue. And then after we get through that kind of little mini part of the, the campaign and we get to the next area, okay, uh, I'm going to do this, you know, I'll talk to this guy. And then the next one, okay, Crescent can talk to this guy. You know, and try and at least get it so everybody gets a little bit of time doing it. Or if there's somebody specific, you know, they just have to speak up. Hey, I really like to talk to, you know, Halson. That's like uh, a character I enjoy interacting with. Okay, so then you get to talk to Halson. Additionally, when you know when the dialogue is, then everybody can listen in on the dialogue. For the love of God, don't fucking skip it. Let everybody read it. The Larian went through great lengths to write out great script and get amazing voice actors. Enjoy the fucking moment. Who speedruns D&D? You know, you get to those options where you get to pick if you're the person listening, you know, if you're the person in the conversation, but everyone else that's listening gets to vote. So let the party vote, you know, say, hey, you know, the party gets a vote, but ultimately I'm gonna be the deciding factor. Maybe you don't have a preference and the rest of your party does. Okay, well then that's the option I want to go with. Maybe your party has a preference, but you very specifically want to do something that fits your character or your play style. So you could tell them, hey, I know everyone's voting for this, but I, I you know, I want to do this. Talk it out with your group because if you're just doing shit on your own, you're not playing with friends. You're playing Baldur's Gate 3 by yourself and your friends happen to be there trying to pick up scraps. Um, same thing with looting. I've got friends that are fucking loot ninjas. I can be too sometimes. I've found that playing with loot ninjas makes me more of a loot ninja. Like I get it's if you're the youngest kid in a large family, you know when dinner time comes, you can't be fucking around. Like you got to get in there and get your piece, right? Because you're going to be left with shit to choose from. So it's kind of that same concept. Um, you know, multiplayer. Make sure the party knows, hey, this is an open inventory, guys. Hit tab, look through my stuff. If you need something that I have or if you need some more gold and I have it, you know, don't take it. But just, you know, ask me. Maybe I had a plan for it. Maybe I was going to multi-class or maybe it's an item I wanted to give to Gail or something. Um, you know, something like that. So for us, it works really well. Our group all gets along very well. We talk about really all the choices. Um I think we reloaded a dialogue like four times last night, five times last night. Um, it was starting to frustrate me a little bit that we were doing it so often, but 
at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, we went into with the agreement that everybody's going to get what they want out of this. So let's make sure everybody gets what they want out of this. Um, you know, so having those expectations and though that groundwork done up front, does it seem pointless? Maybe. But if you think it's pointless, you're probably the problem. That's what I would say. You're probably the problem in the party. If you're like, oh, why would we need to do that? Because of you, motherfucker. That's why we need to do that. Today's podcast is uh, brought to you by Dos Equis, by the way. Um, they're not sponsoring, but I'm drinking it. So it motivates me. It gives me fuel. Um, so that's kind of the, the biggest thing I want to say. I think a lot of players kind of have a hard time making that adjustment where they don't, you know, they don't know how to play with the party. It's, they make it very much about them, the character, and it should be to an extent, but ultimately D and D is a group game. And if your group and your DM hate you, then, you know, nobody's having fun. Nobody's having fun. And I've, I fortunately have not really had a bad campaign ever in terms of one I've ran or one I've been in. Um, but I've been in some campaigns where there's some contention amongst the players and it makes for, it makes for just a real fucking unfun experience. Um, it's like, well, you just get frustrated. You start to get frustrated with their decision-making you know, when they take too long, it gets frustrating. Six seconds. Fucking God. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a great inside joke that a few people are going to get. Um, so that's that's kind of what I want to talk about there. All right. So let's get into Baldur's Gate 3. Let's just talk about it. It's phenomenal. I'm going to talk about some, some criticisms I have of the game and of the community more specifically. But overall, know that I love this game. I have not sat down and looked forward to playing a game with my friends like this, maybe with the exception of Minecraft, in, oh, God, I couldn't fucking tell you. it. This game, I find infinitely easier to play and play into than, like, Divinity Original Sin 2, which is also a Larian Studios game. It's also D&D-esque. It's a little different. There's some tweaks and stuff. Divinity Original Divinity Two Divinity Original Sin Two I don't know what the the title is exactly on that where the where the two is Two Divinity Sin Original um, is very tedious to me and I think it's probably because I've played Fort Joy eight billion fucking times maybe that's I'm a little jaded to it but Baldur's Gate Three just feels so much crisper and smoother than Divinity. Uh, you could tell Larian really learned a lot and they took their time and they applied their knowledge very well. And it's very clear if you have any D&D knowledge and you play Boulder's Gate 3, that's all you do. You don't read anything, watch anything, listen to anything. You could tell right away that the developers, the writers, the art team, everybody is a fan of D&D. It shows in the game the level of love and respect they have for D&D. It's very clear. It translates brilliantly on the monitor. So kudos because it's not easy to do a one-for-one -one conversion of a 
I don't care if it's fucking Uno, Monopoly. Something usually gets lost when you take a beloved physical activity and you put it into a digital space. Um, it loses something. And this doesn't lose anything. Um, God, in a lot of ways, it enhances it. I think it's a beautiful tool. If you could make, if this engine was available for people to make custom encounters, um, God, how great would that be? I would pay to have these assets available to run, you know, just combats, you know, on a, you know, 32 by 32 grid or something, you know, would be really fucking nice. Um, you know, a map. The the classes are wonderful. I like that they accepted the fact that, hey, these classes work really well. And, you know, some things of these classes just don't translate correctly or don't apply. And they made, you know, they, they took the liberties they needed to tweak certain spells, tweak certain classes. And they did a phenomenal job. Um, the story so far is great. I'm... Like I said, I just got to the Underdark, and our first five minutes in the Underdark was every bit of terrifying as my first five minutes in the Underdark uh, in Tower of Mad Mage. It, it's so good. It's so good. If you are a D&D &D fan, you don't play video games, this is the one to make an exception on. I'm telling you right now. If you don't play... D&D type games or action, you know, RPG, not really an action RPG. It looks like an action RPG, but it's just an RPG. Um, give it a shot. It's good. Uh, that all being said, um, let me talk about some of the criticisms I have. I am tired of people saying that this has ruined gaming. I'm tired of the community saying that this has destroyed a AAA gaming this is, this will bring Bethesda to its knees. No, no, it's not. It's not going to do that. It's not changing anything. Um, it's just not going to. It's not going to have the, it's not going to turn money like Call of Duty will. I'm sorry to say. I wish it were true, but it's just not. Um, so I, the community needs to take a step back. They need to quit putting this thing on a pedestal and putting it somewhere where I don't think it necessarily belongs. Best game ever. Best top game ever made. It's like, really? We're going to put it there? I don't know about that. Let's, let's take it down. It's a very good game. But let's be honest about what it is, okay? You replace a parasite with a collar, and it's literally the same fucking story as Divinity. And two, it's easier to make a game let me say this. There are pros and cons to making a game that already has a lot of the mechanics, lore, background, mapping done. This is a known commodity. Faerun is mapped out. Sword Coast is, there's maps. I know where every town is. I know, like, I don't need to come up with any of that stuff if I'm making a video game based on the Sword Coast. Um... I don't need to come up with classes and what they do. It's already done. They're taking something that has already been historically very good since the 70s that has 50 years 
of polishing and reworks done to it and translating it to a video game. Now, yes, there are obvious, you know, hurdles when you're taking stuff that's already done and trying to make a video game out of it. That that brings its own set of hurdles that are unique to that problem as opposed to making all new original content. Um, so I get that. But let's not act like Larian Studios came up with this. You know what I mean? Um, they did an amazing job. They did an exceptional job. Nobody is taking that away from them. I love the game. But I keep seeing these clickbait articles and shorts about how this revolutionized gaming. It's not. We're still going to get shitty AAA games from Ubisoft, from Bethesda, from EA, from Blizzard, from Microsoft. It's all, nothing is going to change. So let's just... Take a step back. Second thing, we're not going to get more of these games. I wish it were true. I wish we would get more. It'll be years before we get another one that's as good as this. Um, so until Boulder's Gate 4 comes out. So don't uh, get too hung up on it. And let's not act like Larian Studios developed and released a perfectly polished product. There are numerous bugs in this game. Uh, cutscenes that don't display correctly, characters clipping. I've had really weird interactions with certain actions in combat that don't go off. Um, I have a character whose hair constantly distorts. Uh, like in every cutscene, it's just like super jagged, like pixel. I don't know. It's weird to describe. Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of things that are wrong with the game that you know need to get fixed is it a lot better than major you know triple a studios yes of course it is are we not calling larian studios a triple a studio anymore like we're gonna call them indie this development team was huge the casting was huge like the budget was big they have a track record of making extremely successful games. We're calling them an indie developer still. Like, I don't know that you could do that either. So, you know, I think Larian did an amazing job. But when you look at their previous works, well, shit, it should have been this good. I'm not, you know, I'm not hyping it up for what it was supposed to be. That would be, it would be silly. It's like, it's like telling your kids to say thank you for raising them. Like, yeah, I raised you. You fucking owe me. It's like, no, you did what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take care of your kids. I don't fucking owe you for that. It's, you know, thanks for not, it's like thanking a chef. Thanks for not poisoning me. Thanks for cooking my meat properly. Cooking my chicken to 165 degrees internal. Thanks. Yeah, you owe me. That's what you're supposed to do. It's a very good game studio. I expect a good product from them. Um, did it exceed my expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I played in the, I played in early beta. Um, there was only a couple of classes to choose from. They clearly, you know, worked like then that point when I played the game, I was not impressed. I was like, eh, it's divinity really didn't feel, you know, going run around the mind flayer ship. What was the difference? You're on a ship that's now in danger. Sound familiar? <laughs> Does that sound familiar? divinity all over again right so you know uh, cynicism aside it's a phenomenal game uh 
let me talk about some of the things that I love the most about this game so far. One, artwork is phenomenal. The animation is extremely good when it is working as intended. Very crisp. The agency choice, like the agency your character has is really remarkable. In tabletop D&D, you can do anything. Hypothetically, you can att- let me you can attempt anything. Um, whether or not you can do it is a different story. But for me, when I am running a campaign and my players go, uh, can we can we try to like make a human ladder, like hang ourselves off this and then have our, you know, nimble rogue, you know, from the bottom leap to the adjacent building and like open the door and then we'll pull ourselves back up on this building. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. You can roll for it. I'll let you roll for anything. I may already know you're going to fail. Um, I may set the DC so high because I want you to fail, but I'll let you attempt anything and you'll never know when I'm doing that or not. Right. And the game feels that way. The game, I'm blown away by how much the game will let you do within the confines of the game itself, considering all those options need to be programmed. Um, So I think that's very cool. They give you a lot of dialogue with a lot of characters. The dialogue is all very good. The writing and the voice acting in the game is top tier 10 out of 10. No joke. I can't think of a digital product that is better voice acted in all of media. The voice acting is so damn good. The emotion is good. The range is good. The writing is good. It's really really good stuff guys um i love the spell animations i love the character customization um i'm not a big fan of the whole this is gonna piss people off i don't care about genitalia and gender choice okay it doesn't change the game at all if you feel like you need it to be included i don't know what to tell you because that's like saying because by that thought process, like I want to be represented in this game and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I have female parts, but I identify as a male. You could do that in the game, but are you doing that? You know, are you representing yourself? Really? Are you playing a human, a human accountant with no abilities like you in real life? No, you're not. You're playing a fucking gnome wizard, right? Like how represented do you need to feel in your fantasy projections? I don't know, like your fantasy game projections. I I don't know. It's, I don't care. I feel like it's one of those things that's done to please people. Um, uh, you know, I don't care. I give myself a big schlong. That's uh, that's what I do. Unless I play a female character, then I give myself an uncircumcised. No, just kidding. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, whatever. It doesn't change anything. Stop pretending it does. It doesn't. Uh, to. I don't like, I really don't like the, I wish the skill system was a little different. I don't understand the plus two plus one, like just give me the extra points. I don't know. It's supposed to make it feel like it's just give me three extra points to do what I want. Cause maybe I don't want to do a plus two and a plus one. Maybe I want to do three plus ones. Or maybe I want to try and get a plus four out of that, you know, and just really bomb another stat. So I wish either, I wish you could roll or I wish there was like a more standard point array. Um, 
but that's real ticky tack. Um, I hate encumbrance. I hate it. I get the point of it. I do, especially in the video game. I think it makes more sense. I don't play with encumbrance in my campaigns. I just play with like, I call it the, the, the rule of obviousness. You know, if you're a three foot, you know, gnome ranger with a six strength and a 10 constitution, I'm not letting you put a barrel in your backpack. Okay. It's, you, it doesn't fit there. Obviously I kind of wish Larian would do that with this. Um, it would prevent you from cheesing a lot of things with powder barrels and, and shit like that. I get that that's a tactic for people to use and we've utilized it in my campaign. I'm not going to say we don't, we abuse it too. Um, but it doesn't feel good. I would rather win on merits of being better at combat than cheesing the AI, you know, with, with something silly like that. Um, and we play on tactician. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there. No big deal. Um, I don't like seeing the DCs for checks. I really don't enjoy that. I don't want to know what I have to get. Um, that takes a lot away from me. That's one thing I really don't like because if I have a bunch of inspirations and I have a friend that can cast guidance or bardic inspiration, you know, knowing what the DC is going to roll, it just, I don't know. I don't like it. Let me know what you guys think. But for me, if it, if the DC is like, let's say it's a conversation and it's a DC 20, I could think of a couple of those. The fact that it's a DC 20 tells me I have to get it if I want to unlock a big part of dialogue. Where if it was a DC 2, I wouldn't, like, I just don't care at that point. This is a gimme, right? I don't like knowing that. If I roll a 19 and I fail, that feels better because I'm like, oh my God, I got a 19 and I failed? Holy shit, this is big. Then just knowing, oh, okay, he's just one point away. You know, I, I don't know. It's the way that that presents. I don't like it personally. Um, other than that, I really don't have any other criticisms of the game yet. Real ticky tack things. I don't like, I wish the tooltips were a little better defined for certain things. Um, Cloud of Daggers, for example. Uh, it doesn't specify on the spell. When the target takes a damage, it's at the start of their turn, by the way. But if you play D&D, you know there are certain things. If a character starts in it, it takes damage. If it ends in it, if it remains there, um, you know, so kind of better clarifying certain things like that might be helpful. Um, I think especially for newer players. One of the criticisms I hear a lot is about no nothing past level 12. Uh, we were talking about this in my Discord the other day. It makes perfect sense. After level 12, you get 7th level spells, I think. 6th um, or 7th. Those start to get really, really, really broken. Um, and when you could start upcasting things like Fireball, you know, as an evocation wizard where your party doesn't take damage, they automatically pass the saving throw and you start upcasting that into into 7th, 8th level spell slots, it starts to get really gross in terms of damage. Um, and then you start getting into spells, you know, 
like command word, you know, die or whatever. <laughs> what are the command word spells? You know, stuff like that. Wish, obviously. Like, we're talking about reality altering game breaking spells that could they do i think larian could translate into the game yes absolutely could they ever do it in a way that it felt good i don't know i'm sure when this game starts to get mods coming out people will mod those sorts of things in but i don't know that it'll ever play well with the intent um i can't think of anything else that this game needs um i mean there's little things subclasses i would like a lot more subclasses i really hope that is something they plan to implement in the future i'm sure again the mods will certainly do that um it would be really nice if there were some more subclasses to choose from especially for some of them oh and a character builder that's okay so here is one thing I would like a character builder in the game, especially because they change just enough on the characters that you can't automatically rely on your D&D knowledge to build a character in game. Uh, it's probably 99% there, but that 1% might be different. It might really change how you feel about that character and how it plays. I really wish there was like an open character builder combat tester where you could take a character, build them out any level to like... I want to make a seven fighter and a five rogue, right? Build that, put it up against, you know, some minotaurs or something. See how it performs. You know, put it up against a bunch of goblins. See how it performs. Test the different spells. See how I like them in combat. See how certain spells work with the stats that I have. Um, you know, see how certain cantrips scale. That would be... I think a much cooler um, feature. It would allow people to understand better what the character does down the road. Uh, for some characters, especially the ones that don't get their subclass right away, uh, it seems weird. If you go into this game having never played D and D, and you like, oh, I want to play a, I want to play a sorcerer or a paladin or a cleric. You get to pick your subclass. You're like, okay, I want to be an oath of the ancients paladin. I want to be a you know, wild magic. I want to do this. But if you go to fighter, you don't get to pick a subclass. You're just like, oh, I'm just a fighter. You don't know that you get a choice later to be, a di you know, three different types of fighters. So I think demonstrating that, showing that somewhere for people to see would be pretty beneficial. Um, I don't think they need more classes. I've heard that before. They want more classes. Look, the classes are there. That's what we have in D&D &D 5e. Um some more subclasses I think would give it a lot more flavor. Um, there's a lot of subclasses in D&D 5th edition, especially over all the source books. Um, I think a variant human would be cool. Um, some more sub races maybe would be nice. I think some more races in general. Um, I'm just going to go to D&D Beyond really quick and just kind of look at... I want to look at races. By the way, D&D Beyond, ever since it went to like D one D&D &D or whatever, it's killing me. Um, well, I guess actually the easiest way for me is to just build a character, right? Let me see what races I have. Create a character. Standard. Neat. Next. Okay. What are some 
races I would like to have. Changeling would be really cool. Azamar would be a really cool one. Aracostra would be another really cool one, although that would probably be pretty groundbreaking or game-breaking, I mean. Um, Ganassi would be cool. I think some Ganassis would be neat. Um, sorry, I'm currently dying. Tortle. I'm a big fan of Tortle. I think if you want to play a real tanky character, um, having that option is cool. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would like to play Tabaxi. I'm sure a lot of people would like to play Orc instead of just Half Orc. Um, same with like Hobgoblin. You know, that's in Volos. Um, so I don't know. Some of that stuff would be cool. I could see why it wouldn't implement well. I think a goblin would be a very cool one to have, especially because there's a lot of goblin interactions. Um, Furbog. <laughs> Furbog would be cool. Uh, you know, there's stuff like that. Uh, some monster, you know. You already have in there Drow and Durgar, basically, and Sir Um So why not, you know, why not others? I guess is probably where I'm getting at here. Uh, Warforged. I know. I have a friend that always likes to play Warforged. Um, that's what I got on Boulder's Gate, though. It's a great game. It's not perfect. It's pretty damn close to perfect, but it's not perfect. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to me rant about my life, rant about Boulder's Gate 3, and um, remember, live, laugh, love. Or as the kids say today, slive, slaps, slive. That's all I got for you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in September with another episode, preferably earlier in the month. I'm on vacation at the end of the month. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Peace.